Welcome to Mother 3, Frog by Frog. You are listening to Frog number 5. It's getting hot in here. If someone had been using my blog as a way to introduce themselves to Mother 3, thus far the game would appear as some kind of small town simulator. Run around a village, talk to people, hear about a fire but never see it. Play with frogs, chat with sparrows, and don't forget to say your prayers. Well, not anymore, folks. If the above quote didn't say it plainly enough for you, things are really heating up. Today, we're finally headed into the forest. It's time to pony up and separate the cowboys from the ranch hands. And by that I mean, it's time to fight. Yes, after much anticipation, it has finally happened. Flint has hit an animal with a stick. The animal hit back, even damaging the hero for a decent amount of hit points. In the end, Flint, our fatherly fighting farmer, came out on top with a victory tune in tow. Where's the fire? Is it on fire? Oh, I bet it's a big, giant, foresty fire. Butch. This, my friends, is called combat. And when you're not chatting with Tasmillions or hopping lily pad to lily pad, it's what you'll find yourself doing the other 50% of the time in Mother 3. And I've gotta say, I'm definitely ready. As much as I love the non-combative portions of Mother 3, and as much as playing frog by frog has helped me to appreciate them even more, I'm definitely ready to do something new. I'm definitely ready to start fighting. Though, as always, that's not all that I'd like to talk about today. We have more Tasmillions to meet, some music to talk about, some fire to look at. Maybe that's where we should start. How's that fire doing? Was Brenda right? Is the whole thing just some hoax? To the forest. With no more time to spare, Flint and Thomas leave the prayer sanctuary. After looking at myself in the mirror, I went right into the forest. After talking to some other Tasmillians, of course. Look, like I said a few posts back, we're in a hurry, but we're not really in a hurry. And hey, maybe someone hanging around outside the forest is going to want to help out. I'm not so confident that Thomas is exactly made for combat, and in my defense, my play sessions are so short, so I like to take my time. If you only got to play Mother 3 in 7 minute bursts, you'd also delay running into the Sunshine Forest. I know that only I can prevent forest fires, but let's not pretend that this thing hasn't been burning for about three frogs now. Anyway, the group outside the forest is not exactly Tasmili's cream of the crop, but as usual, there are some designs and some lines to enjoy. Like Nan from last week, I love that guys like Ollie genuinely seem to want to help out. I can be useful too, you know, says Ollie. I'm not just some annoying onlooker. So many people in Tasmalee are just as ready as Flint to step up and be the hero, even if it's only in their own way. I like getting to see where Ollie's intentions lay. I guess it's possible that, if actually pressured, Ollie could fold like Jackie back at the Yado Inn, but that's the difference, isn't it? Jackie's about a half a mile from here. Ollie's at the mouth of the forest. Maybe, in an alternate reality, there's a different version of Mother 3 where Ollie joins the party and really helps out getting a chance to show his worth. Though there's also Butch, who despite being close to the fire, still can't help but sensationalize it like the gossiping women. I've always really liked this as well, and I tend to enjoy Butch throughout the story as a background character. 
Tazmili is so unaccustomed to disaster that there's a literal spectacle to it. Butch wants a front row seat, and I can't blame him. He's never seen anything like this before. And last but not least of our new faces is the tuxedoed Ed, who appears immediately thankful that Flint is on the scene. Ed's design has always reminded me of the real dressed-up NPCs from Earthbound, and I love what he contributes to Tasmalee's mishmash of styles. Butch and Flint could easily belong in a western film, Ed and Ollie could be on their way to an office job, and Thomas... I'm not sure what Thomas is even wearing, to be honest with you. Honestly, I haven't even begun to drool over how much I love Mother 3's sprites and character designs. More textures isn't always the answer. Great character designs can exist on the smallest screens, and great character designs can be simple. Something as simple as a color palette, or even a simple accessory, like Thomas's or Ed's hats, or even Ollie's glasses, can provide so much simple detail to a character that makes them memorable. I think the Mother series has always been good at this, even way back in Mother on the NES. Anyway, Ed says what's on everyone's minds. Thank God Flint is here. And I suppose it can't really be delayed any longer from this point. It's finally time to assess the damage. It's time to go... into the forest. I thought I saw someone as manly as me walking this way. Mike. Well, we're finally here. Even though for the past four frogs, the Sunshine Forest Fire has just been some far-off blaze, now that I'm actually in it, I can say, the Sunshine Forest is indeed on fire. My favorite thing about entering the forest is that the previous track, the laid-back to Sunshine Forest, gives way to Forest of Flames. starts with a quick drumbeat, a simmer of a bass line, then a frantically paced pig mask army motif. The drums alone, with the plumes of smoke floating overhead, establish such a tangible change in tone that I'm always immediately thinking, oh yeah, something really serious is going on right now. I forgot because I've been opening presents and talking to frogs. And come on, this song is pretty amazing. It's wily, it's fun, it lights a fire under your spurs and confirms that no one has been exaggerating. It's going to get chaotic in here. There's even a weird excitement to the song, probably from the great bass line, that works as an accompaniment to both the search for lighter and fuel, as well as the first instances of real combat in the game thus far. No hate to the mole cricket, but there's not much to say about a fighter who loses to Hinawa's shoes. Which, by the way, I haven't even touched upon the fact that, like Leader's Bell punctuating the previous track, this time around we can hear a knocking in the background, which is actually Matt banging on the door of Isaac's cabin. I don't care what anyone says, I'm gonna freak out as much as I want. This song sounds like it's on fire. This whole sequence is amazing. Plus, the added tension of Matt's knocking in the background is such a great idea. Sometimes I notice that simply making a scene a little busier is an amazing way to add tension. 
kind of like that scene at the end of Boogie Nights when like four characters have guns and that one guy is throwing firecrackers around the room. There's texture and there's tension and it all comes together to make the stakes super clear. Anyway, I again have to praise the design of Mother 3 in terms of its simple but effective work with color. Okay, so I've never been in a forest that's burning to the ground, and in this first area we're not even to the worst of it yet, but I like how the light is brighter than the village. The grass is bluish now, lightening from its darkened purple, while still remaining smoky. It's all just simple color work, with a few clouds of smoke floating overhead to add to the effect, but if you haven't picked up on this already, I believe God is in the details, and Mother 3 is made up of a million little good ideas. I also kind of love Mike, a new Tasmillion who's just <laughs> standing around and handing out cookies. He's also wearing an amazing multicolored hat and a green jacket, and I'm not sure someone has ever walked into a forest fire more fashionably. And let's face it, going into a burning forest is scary, and if you had to do it in real life, it'd be pretty comforting to know there's someone nearby and well-dressed to give you a cookie. Actually, Mike will give you three of his slightly unclean and not very tasty cookies if you keep talking to him, which is amazing. I've always wondered how Mike managed to get past Ed when other, more able-bodied Tasmillians were trying to push past him, but honestly, Mike is a bit of a kooky old coot, as we will see more of later on, so I'll leave him here for now. I guess it's a good time to start looking for lighter and fuel. It'd be a shame if anything got in my way. Swooping down from a tree, the first real enemy of the game attacks, with a great battle theme to go along with it. I'm sure everyone has noticed this already, but you've got to love how the first few seconds sound like the old Batman theme song. Mr. Batty is a simple combat encounter. You press A until you win. <laughs> the best part of this encounter, and all of the early encounters that he's present for, is that Thomas will do things like run around and get nervous. I also recently watched a pretty amazing video which details how the developers made the psychedelic backgrounds in Earthbound. I don't know if, and I don't think, the process was the same for Mother 3, but if you're fans of the backgrounds like I am, give that video a watch. I know I've said this in a different post, but the psychedelic backgrounds are one of my favorite things about Earthbound and Mother 3. I have nothing against how this fight would be portrayed in other RPGs, which would probably include a few different Sunshine Forest backgrounds, maybe they'd even show Flint and the Bat fighting underneath the uh, tree. But I like the psychedelic backgrounds because in any RPG, eventually those repeated backgrounds become invisible, and if something is going to become routine to look at over and over, it's nice for it to be a moving, grooving, colorful backdrop, at least in my opinion. For a long time, battles in the Pokemon series took place on a white backdrop, with only the sprites of the Pokemon themselves being represented, and Pokemon outsold every other RPG in the world a few times over, so I don't think RPGs need a one-to-one -one presentation between the battle and the setting in order to be successful. 
I'm sure I'll revisit this idea as we go, but I wanted to point out for now that yes, I'm a big fan of the psychedelic backgrounds, and I don't think there's anything lost by using them. As for fighting itself, uh, the Mother 3 combat interface is pretty simple. The player can select Bash, a basic physical attack that can be comboed up to 16 times for additional damage, Goods, to use an item, a character's special abilities, which in Flint's case is a set of moves categorized under Brute Force, Guard, which reduces damage taken, or Run, which attempts to flee the encounter. To combo with the Bash option, a player needs to press A along with a song-specific Heartbeat, which can be simply felt by the player or revealed by putting an enemy to sleep. I know that sounds weird. If, if, if you're listening to these videos and you've, you've never played Mother 3 or, you, or you've never really explored the combo option, it might sound strange for me to be describing a heartbeat that the player needs to feel out. But trust me, like once you get the hang of the combat system, it is pretty addictive and it might seem like the additional damage that you're adding on, like... It might seem pretty small at first, but there are some times where you can get yourself out of a pretty sticky situation just by tacking on that extra damage uh, through a rhythm combo. So I'll talk more about rhythm combos uh, as we get into more complicated uh, combat encounters later on, but I just want to say I'm a huge fan of them, and I've never had a huge problem with them. There are some people who say when they emulate Mother 3 that they have a lot of trouble um, getting the, the rhythm stuff down, but I personally uh, never had all that big of an issue with it, so you've just got to embrace your inner groove and try to make it work. As for the other non-ability combat options, I think Mother 3, especially later on, does a good job of making mid-battle item management an important task, so knowing who your fastest party member is is important for getting the right items out at the right time. Though I'm not really here to discuss combat mechanics yet, at least with an enemy so simple. I'm here to discuss characters. For Flint, his brute force ability contains four possible actions. Swing, which can hit multiple enemies at once but cannot be combo attacked. Power smash, which sacrifices accuracy for, you guessed it, power. Power up, which raises Flint's offense, and toughen up, which raises Flint's defense. Simply put, as a combat unit, Flint is incredibly complex and not suitable for beginners. Just kidding. Flint hits things. He can hit things harder if he uses an ability, and even harder if he uses a different ability. Because Flint can hit multiple enemies at once, and also is packing a Hail Mary move with his power swing, I've come to see Flint's combat as mostly a means to an end. In Chapter 1, you want to hit things and get back to the story as soon as possible. Which isn't me saying there's no strategy in these early fights, you can and will lose if you aren't careful. However, I don't think it's by mistake that when you eventually fight the first boss of the game, a few other party members join you, then leave when the fight is over. Like I said, Flint needs to hit things and get back to the story. I really think this is the case because chapter 1 is easily the most narrative heavy chapter of Mother 3 overall. I mean you could maybe make some arguments for some of the other chapters but as far as focusing on cinematics, as far as there being like major story developments almost every 15 to 20 minutes, like 
I really think Flint was designed mostly as a means to get the get the player back to the story as quickly as possible at all times. Um, I I even think when you look at his uh, ability to raise his defense and also raise his offense, I feel like that's a way for if players are struggling to get through a particular spot so that they don't give up too uh, quickly. Because if you lose a fight, but you're a new player and you're like, okay, what if I just raise my defense like two or three turns in a row? You're probably going to get through the fight next time you try it. So, so I love Flint. I think he's a great character. And I do think he was designed to emphasize the narrative heavy portion of the game, which is chapter one. And I would not be surprised if that is the case behind the scenes. Which, by the way, I'm not speaking badly of any of this. Uh, most RPGs have simple combat in the opening hours of gameplay so that players can familiarize themselves with what enemies and what their own characters are capable of in simple terms. For Mother 3, it works exceptionally well because we have an incentive to prioritize the story right now. Mashing and bashing your way through straightforward encounters is exactly what it should feel like. We did say we were in a hurry, didn't we? Flint, right now in the story, should be running through the forest, smacking things aside with his stick. If the character finds themselves mashing the A button to get through these encounters, I think that's exactly how it should feel. I'll go a step farther and say that Flint is a cool character to play as in Chapter 1 because of his limitations as a party member. He works as a good comparison for the power of the pig mask army, as well as the abilities of some of your future party members, like Duster and Kumatora, who really shine in the special ability department. Flint may be strong, but his strength only gets him so far in the rapidly changing landscape of Mother 3. What do I mean by that? Well, look, Tasmali is a simple town. Flint, a bit of a stereotypical image of an action hero, is the simple town's simple savior. But Tasmali is changing, losing its innocence, and a traditional hero then, like Flint, is not going to be enough to save the day this time around. Whatever is attacking is much more powerful, much more sinister, than a strong man and a stick. But I'm definitely getting ahead of myself here, so I won't say much more for now because I'm saving my character commentary on Flint for much later in uh, chapter one. For now, I'll bring everything back around and say, Flint hits stuff, and he's good at it. That's what he does. Unfortunately for me, a Mother 3 prize fighter in training, that's all the fighting I get to do for today. After that fight, I finally find the source of the knocking, which, as I pointed out earlier, is Matt knocking on Isaac's door. I also check a nearby sign that tells me to beware of poisonous snakes, but it also adds, there should be antidotes somewhere around here. Foreshadowing for next time? Stick around to find out. Or if you've already played the game, bear with me. I need to drum up suspense somehow, you know. Actually, here's some real suspense for you. The next frog is near a locked cabin and an unopened gift box. What could be inside? Who is Isaac, and where is he? Who is Matt, and how does he get his afro to look so good? Will Thomas save the day? Will the frogs revolt and fight alongside us? All of these questions and more will be answered next time, so I'll see you then. Take care of yourself.
Dun, 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 dun,